Our scripture today comes from the very first psalm. Psalm 1, we'll be reading verses 1 through 6. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, but if you have your Bible with you, and I hope you do, you can turn to any version so that you can hear the differences because we can learn from that as well. Let's take a deep breath. Hear now the word of God. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. And all they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Several years ago now, I sat across the table from one of my mentors a retired pastor who was known for his sarcastic sense of humor and quick wit. Amy, he said, I'm going to share with you a philosophy that has served me well. So I waited, I leaned in a bit, I listened. He said, I take what we do very seriously, but I've learned not to take myself too seriously at all. He went on to explain that as pastors, we are given the opportunity to be with people in some of their most precious and painful moments in life, and that is a privilege, and it should not be taken for granted. At the same time, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to be criticized, and we must learn to keep everything in perspective and be willing to try things in a different way and also be willing to laugh at ourselves at times. It was some of the best advice I have ever received. Wisdom shared from the lived experience of people that we trust is a beautiful gift, isn't it? And it can remind us of the commonalities of this human condition. I need a slide, Carter. Carter and I are working together. Here we go. That's one of the gifts of the Psalms, too. In these ancient hymns, we hear the voice of the people. So during the first four weeks of this current worship series, we have studied psalms of praise, psalms of lament, psalms of order, and psalms of thanksgiving. And that brings us today, next slide, Carter, to the very first psalm in our Bible, which follows the pattern of wisdom literature. Now, wisdom literature in our holy text is designed to provide direction for a life that is oriented to the will of God. Specifically, the wisdom psalms 
invite the people of God to adopt a long-term mindset by letting go of distractions and focusing on what is really important, what really matters in life. These ancient hymns also point to the consequences of making selfish or reckless decisions. And so often these psalms include an expression of what it means to be happy, as in the very first verse of our text for today. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. For us, the word happy is connected to feeling contentment or even pleasure. But for the Hebrew people, the word happy referred to an overall state of well-being. To be happy was to flourish, to be blessed. And this happiness is to be found in adopting the exact opposite ways of living that the wicked would embody. The stark contrast between the wicked and the righteous features prominently in the Psalms and other parts of the Bible as well. Essentially, the wicked are those who turn away from God, choosing their own path, and the righteous are those who remain faithful, accepting God's guidance and God's direction. The second path leads to wisdom, the first to destruction. We see that in the world and in our own lives. So the very purpose of the wisdom psalms and of wisdom literature in general is to encourage people to keep their lives aligned with the purposes of God. And this is where verse 2 comes into play. The happy, the righteous, the wise, they delight in the law of the Lord. They meditate on God's word day and night. And the result is that they become strong enough to withstand the storms of life like mature and healthy trees, securely rooted in the ground, bending in the strong winds perhaps, but not breaking, not becoming uprooted. Here is the advice of Psalm 1 in a nutshell. Be like trees. Stay grounded in the word of God and connected to the source of all life. And what this means for us is that a thorough knowledge of our holy text is no less important today than it was when these poems were written. And yes, I know it's complicated because some people, some well-meaning and some meaning to do great harm, can easily twist and turn the words of the Bible in ways that cause pain and division. But that's all the more reason that we need to know the Bible well ourselves. Because for all of the confusing and even troubling words in it, our holy text is full of wisdom. It's full of sage advice that can help us turn toward God when it can be so easy to turn and go our own way. The wisdom psalms in particular invite us as the children of God to play the long game in life. And as with any game, it helps to know the rules. Beloved, we need to know what the Bible says and what it does not say. And more importantly, what that means for us as we seek to stay aligned with the purposes of God. So we're going to practice today in a lighthearted way, I hope, with a game that I call, Does the Bible Say This? The answer is yes or no. I'm going to read a quote. You tell me if it's in the Bible, yes or no. You can just share the answer out loud when you're ready, or you can share online in the comment section. Carlo is with you on Facebook to help you navigate that. Are you ready to play? Okay, this too shall pass. In the Bible? It's not. <laughs> 
It's an oft-quoted piece of advice in a difficult time, but it's not in the Bible. Okay, let's see. Next one, gift to everyone who asks of you. That one is in the Bible. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 42, in the words of Jesus. Next one. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. Yeah, again, words of Jesus in John 15. God will not give you more than you can handle. It's not in the Bible. It's also not very helpful. So you might just want to put that on your list of things not to say when people are hurting. With God, all things are possible. Yeah, Jesus says this, but it's also in Philippians, yes, and the angel said something like that to Mary as well in Luke. It's all over the Bible. Next one, love the sinner, hate the sin. It's not in there. Also not very helpful. We can add it to that list. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> we don't know. It's not in there, but what we read in the Bible would support that statement, right? So it, it is a true statement, but it's not in the Bible as such. God will comfort you as a mother comforts a child. Yeah, it's in Isaiah. It's beautiful. It reminds us of the nurturing qualities of God and is a great reminder on Mother's Day. Next one, God helps those who help themselves. No, it's not in there. And there are many Bible stories that are actually to the contrary of that, right? God, God helps those in need. Okay, last one. You will be accountable for every careless word that you utter. Yeah, Jesus said that in Matthew as well. It's one of those that I wish he had not said. I mean, that one really strikes fear at the core of my heart. But he did say, you will be accountable for every careless word that you utter. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. In other words, our words have power. And that's why we can remember the things that people say to us years later. It's why I still remember those words from my mentor who said, don't take yourself too seriously. It might do you some good and me some good this week to think about the best advice we've ever received and the best advice we have to give. If you did not get one of these papers on the way in, you can get one on the way out. I would encourage you to pick one up. We also have it available online as well. It just so happens that we have some young people coming next week. Two of them are here today and have been baptized. Grayson is in the back as well. We have six high school graduates they're in this new stage of their life, and they could stand to have some wisdom given to them from you. We're going to celebrate them next week. We have a reception plan for them. They'll also be in both services. And I've listed each name right here on the bottom of this paper. So I really hope that you will take one of these with you and that you will consider writing notes of congratulations and wisdom for these wonderful people, whether you know them or not because you're part of their community of faith and you have offered to support them in their faith. And so I hope that you will take some time to write those cards and bring them back next week. And as you write your notes, you can turn the paper over and you can continue to pray the Psalms as we have been throughout our series. And as you write your notes and you're praying those Psalms, you can remember 
but happy, blessed, flourishing are those who seek direction from the source of all wisdom. Happy are those who seek direction from the source of all wisdom. Amen? Amen. As we pray today, I invite the kids to find your wooden crosses in your worship bags. You can hold them. Augie's looking for his right now. You can hold the wooden cross in your hand. Lainey has hers ready to go. As we take a deep breath, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, on this Mother's Day, we give thanks for those who gave birth this year. We celebrate with them. We mourn with those who have lost a child this year. We stand in appreciation of those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains. We mourn with those who are experiencing loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away. We walk with those who are walking the hard path of infertility, fraught with tears and disappointment. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. We pray for those who are foster moms and mentor moms and spiritual moms and all of the women in our lives who support us and guide us and lead us. We need you. We celebrate with those who have warm and close relationships with their children. We sit with those who live with disappointment and heartache and distance. We grieve with those who lost their mothers this year. We acknowledge the pain of those who experienced abuse at the hands of your mother. We recognize that we are better for having women in our midst who will live through driving tests and medical tests and the overall testing of motherhood. We grieve and rejoice with those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year. We anticipate with those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising. God, on this Mother's Day, we are grateful for the influence and direction of the strong women in our lives. We thank you for the nurturing that you give us as well, and we offer ourselves to nurture others. In Jesus' name we pray.